welcome to the Bold Dreamer podcast. I am your host, Christina, and as always, I am so glad that you're here. For those of you that are new here and those of you that have been here for a while, you know that this podcast really exists for the sole reason of encouraging women out there with dreams on their hearts to just go for it. Um, it's really helpful to hear people with stories that you can relate to, whether it's because they're a mom and you're a mom, they're running an online business, you want to run an online business, they're running a product-based business, and you don't really know how to start. And there's really something so magical and powerful when you almost hear your own story regurgitated by someone else that is doing it. And The whole premise of this is for you to feel like you can do it too, and I want to see you go do it. So today's episode is great. It is with Steph Weber of Hosted by the Webbers and the Weber Co., and she is a total force to be reckoned with. She started as a fashion influencer actually years ago, and over the years has pivoted to get into marketing and branding and helping other businesses market and brand, becoming an expert in that field. And just recently, she has pivoted again into the world of short-term rentals. And it almost seems like it makes no sense, but when you listen to her story, it makes so much sense for her. And it is so amazing to listen to her trusting her intuition and going for what she believes is best for herself and her family. We cover everything from why people have short-term rentals and they're not renting, why businesses that are in the online space, what they might be missing the mark on as far as their marketing and branding is concerned. She is just chock full of knowledge and was such a pleasure to talk to. And I think she's also a mom of two littles. So I think so many people are going to find so much inspiration in her story. And even if you're not looking to start a new business, if you're in the world of short-term rentals or you have a small business of your own, there are so many amazing takeaways here for all of us. I know I always learn something every single time I talk to her. So you know the drill. Grab your adaptogenic coffee or your regular coffee or your decaf or your tea or whatever makes your heart the most happy. Sit at the table with us and get inspired. Let's get into it. Okay, I'm here with Steph, and I am so excited that we connected. We um, There was a little mishap. Steph, uh, Steph booked this podcast interview, and I, I didn't even see it. So I'm glad that we were able to make it happen in literally five minutes. It's perfect. I'm here. We're rocking and rolling and it's going to be a great conversation. So hold on tight. It is. (laughs) I know. I've really, I've been looking forward to this one for a very long time. So I'm excited that I happen to be like in a space that I could hop on the computer and get my life together. Um, So I start every episode with asking the guests, what is your favorite way to take your coffee? It's a very important question. Okay, well, this is a really funny answer because I do not really drink coffee unless it has Bailey's and Kahlua in it. 
So that's my favorite way, which doesn't seem acceptable every day of the week. So I, it's like definitely a more of a dessert thing for me. I'll occasionally do iced coffee, but for the most part, I just stick to like water and that's what I drink. So you're a go hard or go home. Like we don't want the coffee unless it's spiked. Pretty much, pretty much how I roll. Yep. People are like, so, oh my gosh, I love this coffee. I'm like, great. Where's the Bailey's and Kahlua? <laughs> you're like, it's okay at best. <laughs> Um, so do you have like a morning ritual then, or do you just like wake up and immediately start with the water? Um, yeah, well, you know, Christina, it's funny because, you know, I have a newborn right now. So my morning ritual is like, who's crying and who needs me right now. And Mm. that's kind of the season of life I'm in, but it's not always that way. Um, but yeah, no, I pretty much like wake up. I do my whole skincare situation in the morning. That's key. Um, and go for water and get to work because that's the season of life I'm in. So that's where we're at right now. It's not like, it's not my ideal way to start my days, but you know, I've learned, especially with having a toddler and seasons of business, you got to roll with the punches sometimes and then come out on the other side and like get back to what grounds you. So here we are. But I feel like that's so good because honestly, a lot of people I feel like skip skincare even without their kids and don't make like the five minutes of time for that. And it really does kind of like set the tone for your day. Oh my gosh. I cannot start my day if I have oily skin. That's just gross. Like, no, please wash your skin in the morning. Thanks. Yeah, I never, I've never gotten into like the cold shower thing that a lot of people do, but there, nothing feels as good as cold water on your face in the morning. I I do cold water on my face Uh and it just feels so good first thing in the morning. I agree with that. And then on the really, yeah. And then on days I'm really, really tired. I, I do the gua sha just, um. Cause like I have limp stuff. Mm-hmm. I always have. Um, and so I, in my mind, I'm like, Oh, if I gua sha, like, you know, my face will be snatched, but some days I'm so tired. I like do it on my bed, but I will, I will still do it. Uh-huh. Like this, it makes a difference. It does. Totally does. I love it. So good. So you do skincare instead of coffee and then coffee when you're feeling a little crazy. You got it, girl. Yeah, exactly how I roll. That is how, how things go. There are some mornings though. I'm like, maybe we should do this coffee. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. That's so funny. Um, okay. So I kind of will leave this to you and I would love I know you're in a big season of transition not only with just so okay everybody Steph like literally just had a baby like just had a baby um (laughs) and I'm the one running late like what the heck um but I would love for you to kind of let people know what it is you do and how you got there, you have such a unique story that I feel like so we could get into so many different parts of it. Um, and whether you want to talk about your season of transition or you know, at whatever feels um, like your heart needs to let it go, just let it out here. And um, yeah, okay. let us know your story. Well, hang on tight. This is going to be like a short but long monologue. So just here we go. So my journey started, well, first of all, I've been in the branding and marketing space for the last 10 years. So my whole 
mission really for the last 10 years has been around helping entrepreneurs build powerhouse brands and have marketing strategies that speak to and connect to their target audience in order to help them drive sales and revenue and grow their businesses and so forth. So everything I do really comes back to your brand, your story, human connection, um, and just showing up in a way that makes sense for you and makes sense for what it is that you're doing to impact the world around you, the lives around you, who your business impacts, so on and so forth. So um, my journey of my own business really started when I was an influencer. So I started as trendy in indie because I'm from Indianapolis. Um, I have worked in the fashion industry. I was in that industry for 10 years as well. I started in that industry when I was 17. Um, and in 2016, shortly after I graduated college, I was working for a local boutique here in Indianapolis and we were collaborating with influencers to help us promote our newest collection of boutique clothing that I was doing the buying for and the curating for. Um, and I was like, I can do influencer marketing. I can talk, I can tell people on Instagram what I'm wearing and why I'm wearing it. So I started Trendy and Indie and very quickly realized that small businesses especially had my heart. So I was a fashion, beauty, and travel influencer and largely focused on small businesses, whether they were online um, or right here locally in the city of Indianapolis. Um, That was sort of where my purpose and passion lied. While I loved what I was doing there, I was at New York Fashion Week in 2018 and going something's missing. Something's not a hundred percent aligned, which was so strange because I was sitting literally in a runway show at New York fashion week going, this is so many people's dream, especially in the fashion industry to like be here in this moment and be invited to these shows and have this amazing hotel collaboration, which everybody said, you'll never get a hotel collaboration during New York fashion week. And I was like, watch me. Watch me. And it was with the Onda's on Wall Street and they put us up in like the penthouse suite. I mean, we walked into this room and I was like, I just asked for like two beds and a bathroom, but this was, this is nuts. So if anyone ever tells you to not go for your dreams, don't listen to them and just go for it anyway. Um, So anyway, all of that's happening and I felt like something was missing and I realized that my greatest strength for the brands that I was collaborating with was really helping them establish their brand authority, even though I was doing it through my platform. So, you know, I would ask a small business owner, well, what's your story? Tell me more about you. Tell me why people shop you. Tell me what makes you different than everyone else. And when they would stumble over their answers, I was like, man, there's a gap here because you can market your product all day long. You can market your service all day long. But at the end of the day, people are buying based on emotion. They're buying based on a story and they're buying based on the fact that they can trust and connect to the brand that they're choosing to do business to, period. And that was a huge gap for so many entrepreneurs. So I started consulting and doing brand consulting one-on-one for like $97 an hour. And I didn't really have a lot of structure um, until 2019 when I launched my first group program. And I was also doing like a one-on-one 10-week program. 2020 happened. Everyone has their own 2020 story. My version of that story is we got to March. We were living in Phoenix. I said, how am I going to make my goal of hitting my I was working for someone else full-time still at that time. And I said, how am I going to match my salary with my business income this year? And a few weeks later, a coach came into my world, into my sphere. 
I invested in her program during a month where I had no clients on the books. I did not tell my husband until after I made that decision. And um, then I had an $85,000 launch and left my full-time job within three months of making that decision. So that was the first evolution of the jump into full-time entrepreneurship and into the Weber Co. as you see it right now slash in this interesting transition period. So for the last few years since 2020, I've had an awesome group coaching program that's helped a number of entrepreneurs create multiple six-figure businesses and leave their full-time jobs and all these amazing things. And it's been awesome. In 2022, that program at the end of 2022 got really hard to sell. And I realized it was no longer what the market needed. The power of being able to build a brand and being able to pivot when you need to, it, it's its everything. And that's what I feel like I've built here at Weber Co. So I stopped selling that program. I did create another program that was bits and pieces of that one that were working really well. And I also have an agency where I support clients in a one-on-one -on -one capacity. So all of those things have been so awesome and so amazing, but I have been so hesitant to niche these last few years because I, my background is in retail and product-based businesses. And I love those businesses, Christina, like yours. And then I also love service-based businesses. And you know, I feel like I have so many different strengths and skill sets. So I'm like, I don't need a niche. I don't want a niche. I, I'm like the anti-nicher. And it's served me until basically this year. And I said, okay, I, I don't know what it's going to be this year, but I've got to figure it out. Well, for also the last few years, my husband and I have wanted to get into the world of short-term rentals. So we just recently, literally, imagine me in labor in May literally in the hospital in labor. And my husband is on the phone with contractors and an inspector, like trying to figure out if we're actually going to be able to make this purchase of this home in Indianapolis to Airbnb and all the things. It was wild. So two weeks after we had our second son, Noah, in May, we closed on our first investment property, which was so exciting. Not part of the plan this year, but it happened. Um, and so based on that and starting a new company, doing co-hosting and management of other short-term rentals as well. I have decided to take the Weber Co. and be specific to branding, design, and marketing for the short-term rental space. So that's where I'm taking the business. And in some ways, Christina, you know, it feels like it feels so aligned. It also feels like, man, I've built this thing for the last three years and maybe everything has led me here, but this pivot feels scary because, you know, I don't know who's in my audience who does short-term rentals. And I know there are a lot of people in my audience who want to get into that world and who are probably connected to people. But, you know, anytime you make a decision to pivot, there's a risk. So I'm like, well, hope the people are ready. <laughs> here we go. Hope they're here. So, so that's what we're doing. But of course, I mean, I've thought through the process and how I'm differentiating myself in the space. Um, we just, you know, launched our Airbnb. And when I shared it in multiple Facebook groups, people were like, did you do the design? And I did have a local woman here in Indianapolis. Her name's Kate. She's awesome. She helped with the design in a few of our rooms and curating products and so forth. But I led the vision. I knew that I wanted it to be called the Golden Lux Bungalow. I knew how I wanted people to feel in the space. I knew what I wanted it to be. So I literally like very intentionally designed every room to have its own feeling and vibe that is part of this like larger vision that I had for the home. And that's, you know, branding and design go hand in hand. So I'm like, 
this is just such a natural thing that I need to go with. And in the short-term rental space, there's a huge gap for marketing. Like so many short-term rental owners over the last few years, like many of us in the online world, have put their spaces on Airbnb, they get booked and it's crazy. Now we're hearing like Airbnb bust and I'm gonna sell my Airbnb and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, it's because all you've had to do is have it on a platform that you have no control over, which is honestly not a smart business plan, period. And mm. guess what? The, nor the market is normalizing. So now you're gonna have to figure out how to market your business. And many in, in that space don't understand how to do that and don't know how to do it. So I am coming with all of my insight and background into that space and taking the leap and going for it. So that was my long, long monologue of how we got to this point and where we are now. Honestly, though, I can't tell you how many stories I've heard, uh, mine more or less included, that it's like, oh, I did this and then I did this and then I did this and I ended up here. Yours actually, like even though short-term rentals compared all the way back to fashion seems like it doesn't make sense, yours makes a ton of sense to me. Because like as you're talking, like one, you're obviously a very creative person. And two, uh, short-term rental, Airbnb, Verbo, like that whole um, market is I feel like it's the perfect cross of product and service, but people like don't really look at it like that. They're not looking at their house as a product where you're like, hello, like you're listing this on, because obviously all your branding and marketing too that you've done, people are like, they're basically throwing wet noodles at the wall, right? And it's like, let me put this on a website that I don't own and hope for the best. And they're wondering why they're not booking where I was like, imagine if, and I don't know, I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud, but like, do you envision these people like having one that's coming to mind for me is like the Joshua tree house. Have you seen them? That yes. couple? Yes. Yes. Love them. Yeah. But yeah. they Love like them. own, like the house is its own personality. The house is its mm -hmm. own thing. They have the website. They have, I'm sure, the email list. And so, yeah. yeah, they're on Airbnb to book, but like that's not necessarily how people are finding them. So is that like what you're thinking? Like yeah. helping people? Yeah. It's basically turning their house into a brand is what it, you're it is. wanting to yeah. do. So what I've said, sort of, I'm like, literally, I have on my other screen over here, I have all my new messaging pulled up. So like on my homepage, it will say, you know, maximizing the potential of your short-term rental through branding, design, and marketing to create a brave-worthy experience. But my goal, Christina, is that I am helping these short-term rental owners create destination properties. I feel like I need to coin this term mm. because, you know, it's my goal that if somebody comes to me who has a home in Miami people are not booking it because they're looking for a place to stay in Miami. They're looking for your destination property in Miami because they want to come for your experience, the guest experience that you've created, the decor, the like whole vibe that your house has. That's why people are coming, not because they're going, they're traveling and looking for a place to stay. So I'm very much working with the short-term rental owner who a wants to make this their business. Like they're all in on making this their business. It's not like, Oh, I have this property and I threw it up on Airbnb and like, let's hope for the best. I'm talking to the person mm -hmm. that's like, 
I have one or multiple properties. I want to make all of them really epic destinations and such cool guest experiences. I want to have the direct booking website. I want to do my marketing and I want them to be like out of this world travel experiences for my guests. So that's who I'm talking to. And that's my goal with what I'm creating. So yes, like it does start with the brand and it starts with the vision. And then it's like, okay, and how do we design around what that vision is? And then how do we market that property effectively in order to get in front of your target audience, which also, of course, plays into branding and design. So those are those are all of the pieces at play here. I think this is like, I don't honestly, yeah, it's a pivot for you, but I feel like it's such a natural, like, I, I don't know. I think it's going to work. <laughs> I think it's so good for you. Um, I'm so curious. So uh, we rent right now, um, but like my brother, he lives in Connecticut, like right outside of New York City. And they are a double income household, really, really good jobs, can't find a house. Um, I know you were saying that like the market is kind of doing its own thing right now. And people have said like, Air, what do they say? Airbnb bus, Airbnb bus, Airbnb bus. What is, do you, are you kind of unfazed by that? So I know for me, like when I get an idea of something, I don't really listen to the outside noise and all that stuff. Cause, um, what it sounds like you're doing is not really relevant to necessarily what's going on in the market. Do you, are you just kind of, how are you navigating that? I'm so curious. Great question. So I think within, within any industry, Christina, that you walk into, there are always going to be the people who are like the market, the market, the market, or, you know, whatever it may be. And that like, there is some truth to that. Like there is some truth. And you know, I was reading a news article the other day of this couple who they're like, we have a $600,000 budget and we cannot find a house. Interest rates are insane. So like, I will say, you know, we bought our yeah. investment property. Our interest rate is seven and a half percent. It's literally was like half the cost of the house that we live in. And our mortgage is like a thousand dollars more a month with insurance and property taxes and interest rate and all the things. So it's like, it is really stupid and it's like, it's dumb. Right. But that being said, there are people still, it, here's, here's my thought process on it, right? If you want to exist in, especially in the short-term rental space, 18 months from now, you are going to make every effort in your design of your home, which is absolutely everything for the reason that people are booking. And you are also going to figure out how to market your business because you have no other options. So I'm definitely one of those people who, Yes, I am more the optimist, right? Like I always see the good and I always see the opportunity and like the positive, which is interesting being in the investment space because everyone's like, what's my ROI and how quickly am I going to see it? And I'm like, okay, so I have to wrap my head around that a little bit because there, you know, I understand those questions and I get it. The other side of it is like, you know, we have to remember as short-term rental owners, we're competing against hotels that provide luxury experiences mm-hmm. and room service and like all the things. Right. So, and you know, when I was talking about this with someone, I was, you know, was kind of like talking to myself and going, well, you know, is the person who's booking a short-term rental, like an Airbnb, Verbo, whatever, the same as the hotel, the person who's booking hotels. And the answer is yes, because I am that person. I book hotels and I also stay at Airbnbs. It's totally dependent upon the location. And I will look at both. I will evaluate both options to decide which way I want to go. 
Some of it might be price dependent. Some of it might be location dependent. Some of it might be amenity dependent, right? But we have to remember that we are competing against hotel brands of short-term rental owners, which means that you're competing against things like the Hilton that has a very standard brand who like, you know what to expect. When you book a Hilton, you know what to expect. You know what their guest experience is going to be like. You know that they're going to pretty much like give you whatever it is that you need. They're going to have the extra towels in the middle of the night or whatever it may be. Staying in an Airbnb can be a little bit different. So it's like, what are you doing to get people to say yes to your space? And not only just one time, but to rebook year after year and to refer you to their friends and to post about you on social media and all the things. Because again, think about the way that we make buying decisions and evaluate what we want to do. It's literally all based on experience. This is why this is like another tangent I could go on in the short-term rental space is people being like, let her rip. <laughs> well, I don't need social media. And I'm like, pause Ooh, T- today. Yeah. Today I posted on our, on my Weberco Instagram. So like, yes, I've been building this brand for years and all the things. And I get that. But again, it's part of branding, right? But I posted and I said, we're going to do 20% off uh, the Golden Lux bungalow for the month of August. DM me the word golden if you want more details about it. Not kidding you, within 20 minutes, I had somebody in my DM say, how much would you charge for a month and a half long stay? Because I'm getting ready to have a baby and we are selling our house and our new house won't be ready until the end of September. So I was like, okay, cool, right? That's the power of social media and that's the power Mm -hmm. of building your brand. The other thought process too is, you know, I created really intentional spaces in in the Golden Lux bungalow to have people take photos. Well, if they don't have a spot to tag, what's the point of the photo? Like, what's the point of like creating that really cool space aside from their memories? I want the social media. I want the visibility from that space. That's why it's there, right? From a like business perspective, that's just smart marketing. Yeah. That's like user, free user generated content, which is all the rage right now. Yes. Yeah, it really, it really is. And it's also like how people are finding out about new brands. And new places to stay and new places to visit. I mean, I don't know about you, but the very first thing that I do whenever anybody's like, hey, have you heard about this place and have you visited here? I'm like, cool, let me go jump on Instagram or TikTok and like research it a little bit, right? That's the very first thing I do. I don't go to Google. No. And and I, I, and this might be like a, a bias thing. I was like a millennial or something like that, but if they don't have a social media, I'm like, they're not even legit. Like they're not real or like, I think honestly, truly like social media, whether regardless of what kind of company you are. And I mean, even if, if you're taking your time and you're, you're scrolling on TikTok, like these huge companies, you can tell have 23 year olds behind their social accounts, making them relatable, making them personable. So like companies that you wouldn't even think of, like one that's coming top of mind right now, like United. Yeah. United has a TikTok. Or um, so it's like if you go searching for it and there is zero, they're dark on social media, you just kind of assume like they're not real or what are they hiding? What don't they have to show? And that's just like a personal thing for me. Um, And then of course it's like, okay, if they're not on social, then I'll go digging on Google, but it's a different experience. And like you said, like the relatability isn't there. Correct. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So that's where we're headed. It's wild and scary. I, I've never, ever, ever, 
ever. Well, I guess with the exception of the Joshua Tree House, just because like I love them, um, thought about, oh my gosh, I have a second house that needs branding, but it, I think it's like fucking brilliant. Mm-hmm. So I'm so stoked for you. Thanks. I think it's brilliant too. I hope other people do too. <laughs> and it's going to be great. Oh my God. But and think about it too, like back to the back to the idea of the market right now. So imagine if these people are able to, or even you, anybody is able to have a second short-term rental home right now. They're making their mortgage and beyond, and then interest rates go back down and they refinance. That's literally just free money. Yeah. 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 Yep. So it's like if you set yourself up, you could really be assuming interest rates will go back down, which hopefully they do. Um, really, really setting yourself up beyond just like fun money. Yeah. This is like generational wealth money. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's really I mean, that's why I think so many people get into the short term rental space. And for us, that definitely it was a part of our goal. Um my goal is to have multiple properties in various different destinations mm-hmm. that are all like have their own unique brand. And we started in Indianapolis because number one, for us from a cash perspective, it was a market we knew we could get into. Number two, it's local to us. So it was easier for us to feel like, okay, we can get this set up. We can do a lot of it on our own. We can be there. Um, and that that's what made sense for us. But, you know, my goal is to have a mountain property and a lake property and a beach property. And just like, you know, I want all the things and they're all going to be incredibly well-branded and awesome guest experiences. So I'm excited. Uh, Do you want them to all have like their own personality or do you want them to be under or like stand on their own? Or do you want them to be like under the Weber umbrella? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that is a great question. And also is one that I've, you know, thought about, you know, as we're getting into this, as I'm taking the Weber Co. into teaching others how to brand and market their businesses. Um, for me right now, it makes most sense for them to all live under hosted by the Webers. And we have like this collection mm-hmm. of properties that you can go and you can visit. So they're all going to be under our, you know, hosted by the Webers brand. You'll know what kind of guest experience you can count on. You, you'll know what kind of, you know, like specific amenities that we'll have across all of the homes. Like we're always going to have some kind of a coffee bar. We're always probably going to have our popcorn and M&M snack. We're going to make sure that you have water stocked there. Just like little small things that make a huge difference. We're always going to make sure that there are enough plates and bowls and silverware. Oh my gosh, why this is a thing at Airbnb is just mind boggling to me. But for all the guests, if you have 10 guests and you don't have at least 10 plates for all 10 guests to be able to enjoy a meal together, that's problematic. Please fix it. So, you know, you know, that, that will be the case for us. Um, if we do some really insane, unique property at some point in time, maybe we will, um, brand it on its own. I will say we just, I'm like, I like dive off the deep end. You guys, when I go, I'm like, woo, let's dive. Uh, same though, same. The woman who does my brows here in Indianapolis, she sent me a message a couple nights ago and it was a Facebook post. And she was like, just in case you want to dive all the way in. This woman is selling a nine acre piece of land with 10 cabins on it down in Lake Cumberland. And it's, you know, like a really popular lake in the region. And my long-term goal is like, I want a piece of land with multiple properties. I can do multiple things. I'm like, this is my dream. Where can I find 
three million dollars in order to like yeah, bring right. the whole thing to life because you know for me it's not just about yeah it's the cabins and that's cool but like I could add glamping sites to it and I could add um an event space to like host corporate events and host weddings and all the things so that's where my mind is right now. I'm like, let's go, let's go hard. So, oh, I love that. I totally, when you said that, I'm like, I'm seeing like string lights, venue, yes. like yes. all the things that people just are looking for yes. that don't necessarily exist. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. That would be the best. Wouldn't it? I'm like, somebody just yes. give me the money so that I can take this and run. I will, you'll make your money back. It's like, can we get a, a loan for that? Like, who will approve this? <laughs> like, don't worry. I just bought up a house, but I'm going to need three million but more I dollars. More, please. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens with that. But, you know, I definitely am like open to all of the opportunities. And, you know, Christina, we were saying earlier, whenever you get into something and you just make a decision and it all feels aligned, like the things just start coming at you. So that's what I yes. feel like will happen. I'm shifting into this space and I'm excited about it. It, I feel like it's come up on almost every single episode that I've talked to somebody on and I call it like the snowball effect. And it's like, you start going down this hill that has snow on it, you know, and, but this is the hill you're supposed to be rolling down. And so you start rolling and things start coming to you that like, you didn't even think you like not even that you didn't even think you could get like that you didn't even know existed and they just start like smacking you in the face and it's like what are you gonna do with it you're either gonna like act on it or it's gonna like pass you by Mm -hmm. and but when you're aligned it's like you have to get ready because it literally comes at you wave after wave after wave um uh, but that's when it's so fun because the momentum is just like oh my god and um I'm like self-proclaimed uh-huh. addict to the branding and the creation and the um like ideation of stuff so we talked about this before we actually hopped on it's like I have to stop myself from wanting to do all the things but sometimes you really do like have to take them when they're coming yeah. at you mm-hmm. you really do you really do yeah I mean Christina you've had your own pivots in your business as well over the last, well, like 18 months for you, I would say, which has been insane. Insane. Like, actually, I I have to remind myself of this when I get like a little, I guess I get down on myself every once in a while. And so for people that are not familiar with product-based business, just creating products in general, if you're doing it, I don't... I don't want to say if you're doing it correctly, but if you're doing it in a way that it won't need to be redone down the road, it's really expensive. And um, I have had to do like new thing after new thing in this. So before we ever met stuff, Orchid and Ash was like a boutique, like online you get online, you could like buy some blankets, buy some like incense holders, maybe a few mugs. And I adored everything, but I am, and I think you can relate to this. Like I not only want it to be mine, which sounds really bad. I want it to be mine, but I'm addicted to like creating stuff. Mm -hmm. And on days that I'm like, ugh, 
like I should be doing better by now or what's better mean, right? Like I think we're going to always perpetually have that feeling. Um, But it wasn't even a year ago that I switched Orchid and Ash from being a boutique with blankets and cutting boards and whatever the heck else I was selling. Like it's not even been a year since Orchid and Ash has been its own brand. And when I made the switch, like that big pivot, I only had the candles. And in the last, so you said 18 months, it's like the last 10 months. The brand has completely gone from here to here. And sometimes you do have to stop yourself and be like, okay, I've actually come a very long way. Mm -hmm. Because it's hard to see when you're in it. It's hard to see when you're in it. And now it's so funny because I started and it was, okay, all I have are the candles that are mine. Like everything else I'm selling is someone else's. And here I am a year later and I literally, excuse my French, everybody that knows me knows that name, but fuck the candles. (laughs) I do not want to be a candle brand. And I've gotten a little vocal about it. Um, But from, and maybe I'd love your opinion on this. Um, I obviously we need candle brands out there. Like people love candles. Um, I just don't think that's personally where I can shine or like where my creative juices are going. Um, so in my mind, I'm like, why, if I can carve out a different part of the market, why would I not do that? But for some reason, you know, I have a body oil now. I have a perfume now. These ritual sprays, can I tell you, I ran out of a pallet of bottles because, I mean, that's the thing, right? The ritual sprays are the thing. I can't ignore that. So, um, but people still think I'm a candle brand. And I'm like, how did this happen? <laughs> you know, like that's just what I have uh, so many other products than candles now, but like they think I'm, a, I, I'm associated as a candle brand. Mm-hmm. And I'd love yeah. like your two cents on that to people with like product-based businesses. Cause you, you are good at this as well. Like, um, where are people missing the mark on like their own branding or, um, we don't have to focus on working and Ash, but just kind of moving into the next part of yeah. the conversation. Yeah. Well, I think Christina, number one, whenever you build a brand and you become really well known for one thing, which is exactly what happened with Orchid and Ash and your candles. Anybody who has bought candles from you or who has bought that product from you or has followed you from that journey, I mean, I still have people reach out to me and be like, I remember from your trendy and indie days and da da da. You know, like I still have people that are following me since I started this journey in 2016, which is insane because it's so radically different now. So you have to keep in mind that your brand is going to grow and it's going to evolve. And sometimes it's going to take your audience time to get on board with that. But the more, Mm. don't deviate, right? Like you're not going back and going, okay, you're right. Like I am the candle thing. Don't let your audience dictate what you're doing or what you feel that you're designed to do. You're responsible for your brand. You have to keep driving the message and you have to keep driving what it is that you want to be known for. So the more vocal you are about that, the more your audience is going to go, oh, this is what she's working to do. But if you don't share your vision and you don't share that message, your audience has no clue. So then they know you buy your product, right? Which for you, just using the candle example, 
versus, oh, she helps people establish and create rituals throughout their day, throughout their, you know, whatever, right? Which is exactly what you're yeah. cultivating in a way. So yes. you you just have to continue to drive your message and not get frustrated. I worked with another brand um, recently, also product-based, and they have radically pivoted their their products. And um, it's, it's streetwear, right? It's like artist design streetwear. And it's really cool. But he's like, I'm losing followers and I hate that and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, because you've pivoted and not everyone's going to be long for that ride with you. Like as soon as I announce yeah. that this pivot is happening and this is the direction I'm going and all the things and I go real hard on social media talking about short-term rentals and branding and design specific to that industry, I'm going to lose some followers. I'm okay with that. So it's going to be all right because those followers were, are not my target anyway. They're not the ones who are keeping a roof over my family's head. So that's okay if you don't want to follow along with that journey anymore. Cut ties and move forward, right? But if I were to say, get into this and go, oh my gosh, I'm losing followers. I've got to go back. That's completely out of alignment with where I want to go and with what the opportunity is for me to create what I really desire to create and what I know I'm going to be good at. So stay the course is what I would tell you. It's so true too, because then it gets confusing. Like there are some brands and sometimes I wonder if I do this, but I I don't think I'm too bad. I'm just hard on myself. But like sometimes I'm like, what do you do? Like there's a few people I follow more in like the service-based, I would say, than anything. Like product is obvious. Um, but yeah, sometimes I think a lot of people try to cater to everyone or like cater to what they think people want to see from them or what they think people want from them. Whereas um, I had this like epiphany, like – three weeks ago and I'm like really leaning into this energy and I don't know if it's a good thing it's a I'm a very energetic and spiritual person and I had this epiphany that I was like okay Christina this is the time like you're done hustling and I say that from not like I'm done working hard. I think that is literally like drilled into my bone marrow. It's not possible, but you're not chasing the sale. You're not chasing the follower. You're not chasing whatever it is you're chasing. You are literally, and it's, this is like exactly what you're doing too, which is why I bring it up. Like you're honing in to what lights you up, what you're good at. And like a moth to a flame, the right people find you. Mm-hmm. And that is a really, I have spent the last 10 years being the opposite of that. And I think something really magical happens when you're able to trust yourself to a level of what I am creating is what I am supposed to be creating and the right people will find me. Yeah, And um, I think a lot of you know, of course, you always want to put like a call to action on a story or something like mm-hmm. that. A call, you know, like book here, go to our website. Of course, like people need to be able to find you. But there's like some accounts that I follow, whether it's from my personal account or um, I'm the little face behind Orchid and Ash too. Um, and it's just like push, 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 buy this, buy this, buy this, buy this. And um, it just, it doesn't resonate. Yeah, that's because people are tired of being sold to all the time. Like all of us, we're all tired of being sold to. So it's like, you know, this is the beauty of 
branding and marketing is you have to figure out how to get your audience to buy into the story and to the transformation and to like what's possible with whatever it is that you sell for your audience, right? So Mm -hmm. it's not even so much about, you know, I see posts where people are like, and these are all the things that I include inside my offer. And I'm like, literally no one cares. Literally no one cares about that. Like what is it going to do for them? What's it going to do for them? What's the story? What are the results? What's the tie? Why should they trust you? Like that's what people are asking, not the person that's, I always say this in the coaching industry, the person that's like, so how much time am I going to get on your Voxer? And like, how many coaching calls am I going to get with you? Run really fast away from that person because they're going to suck your soul dry and it's not going to be okay. No, don't go that way. Um, And, and they're not they're They are the person who is not buying based on the transformation they're buying based on the fact, you know, this is specific to the coaching industry, but they're buying based on the fact that they feel like you're going to hold their hand and do the work for Mm -hmm. them more or less. So anyway, that's another tangent that we could go on a different day, but yeah, it really, it, it, um, it really is about being in alignment and about trusting yourself. I literally wrote this down the other day, something like I trust myself enough, enough to know that I am making the right decisions and making the right moves. And I trust that the universe has my back and wouldn't have led me to this moment unless it was going to be good. So I have to trust in that and have full faith. That's all I can do. It must be like in the air right now because that is exactly like exactly what I have written in my notebook too. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. I just have to trust myself and – the universe. And I think there's so much, maybe it comes from like burnout from us or, you know, whatever. I'm sure it's a a culmination of a lot of things, but, um, like what's the point of having your own business if you don't love it and you're not like obsessed with what you're doing? Like there is no point. Like I, the people will always resonate more with something that you're doing that you're so clear on and that you're genuinely passionate about like period and when that fizzles out they can they feel it too and they might not know why they feel it um but I love going on tangents so I know that we like talked about rentals and stuff but I would love um so a lot of people with businesses obviously listen to this podcast um And I do love to offer like value to people. Like I think there's a lot of value in story, but Mm -hmm. if you're willing to give up some of the good stuff, like where are the biggest mistakes you're seeing? Um, Like, I don't know. We could use candle brands just because there's a zillion of them Mm -hmm. or um, maybe like a life coach because there's a zillion of them. Mm -hmm. Where are you seeing these people leaving gaps that are ultimately like to their detriment? Like where are they missing the mark? Mm. Cause you probably see it all the time. Yeah, I do see it all the time. So I would say the number one thing is neglecting your brand and the messaging around that. I, I'll share a couple examples here, but one of the things that I see so many entrepreneurs do, whether you're selling candles or you're selling a coaching program, it doesn't matter people want to get into the marketing and they're like, I got to, I got to do the marketing and I've got to create content and I've got to do all these things. 
and they want to take the marketing action. And while I understand that because we think that action is what is like that outward action is what's leading to sales in our pocket. If your messaging isn't dialed in and you haven't figured out how you fill gaps in your industry and you speak to that in your content, no one's listening to your content. You know, it's like what you said earlier, Christina, there are a bazillion and a half candle brands. Same with coaching, same with any industry. There are so many mm -hmm. options for all of us and every industry is saturated. If you are, number one, not truly convicted with what you believe, with how you teach, with how you lead, with how you show up, people are not connecting to you because you're not showing up from a level of like, this is who I am, this is what I believe, this is what I teach, either get on board or don't, right? People have no idea. And what also happens is we see a lot of copy and paste messaging. We're like, oh, that's working for them. Let me take that. Oh, that's working for them. Let me take that. Mm. Oh, I'll take that too because that's working for them. Now all of a sudden you have a brand message that you're like, I don't even know if I believe in this because it doesn't even sound like me. And it sounds like the combination of three other businesses, right? So whether you're a candle brand or you're a coach or whatever other industry, figure out what the gaps are in your industry and figure out how you fill those gaps uniquely. One of the things that I feel like I've done really well here at the Weber Co. is I have talked about brand and what brand experience is and how branding is emotional and how brand connects to story and how brand is literally the foundation for everything in your business and marketing is not going to work unless you have your brand solidified in a way that your audience can connect to it and can buy into it. Marketing doesn't matter for you. So I really tied branding and marketing hand in hand and I've done a really great job of teaching my audience organic marketing and how to leverage that in their businesses. So I had to really figure out what my strengths were and what my skill sets were, which is why like, as I pivot into this short-term rental industry, I'm going, okay, literally the questions that I asked myself were number one, I did my market research and I said, who else in this short-term rental industry is teaching branding? Who else is doing design and who else is teaching marketing? And I did a little bit of market research on kind of all three of those different areas. And I said, cool, where's the intersect and how do I make myself stand out? Well, I haven't heard anyone use the term or phrase destination property. Maybe somebody is. And I just feel like I've coined it. So I'm going to just take ownership of that. We're going to trademark know. that. Uh, right? When we get off this call, we're trademarking it. I know, I know. Um, so I'm like, like your next destination property. I just love that. Destination property. So that I feel like that's one huge differentiator for me within that. Going, okay, I'm taking... The concept of branding, helping a short-term rental owner build a brand, whether it's around their house or it's their umbrella brand and they have multiple properties, mm -hmm. then we're looking at those properties and designing them based on the guest avatar that they're working to attract, based on who they want to come to their property and based on the amenities that are going to help make them more money, period, right? Like the, the guest, yeah. the collective guest experience is going to help make them more money. And then we're taking a look at their marketing and going, okay, from a... I'm going to say content marketing perspective, but it's going social media, it's influencer marketing, it's email marketing. How are we making sure that we're getting people to rebook, capturing guest information, making sure you have more control over your business because you're just otherwise leaving it in the hands of Airbnb and Verbo. And I'll be honest, I don't think that that's a great business strategy because it's, you know, it's like all of us on social media in a way. If you don't have an email list as well, and you're just marketing your business on social media, you're literally leaving your business and all of your marketing at the hands of Instagram. And that is not, I don't advise it. That don't is terrifying. It. it is that terrifying. Is terrifying. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. is terrifying. So don't do it. Because like, how many times has business... Instagram like gone black? Yeah. <laughs> just yeah, like, where exactly. do we go? Like, 
if tomorrow Instagram deleted your account, would you still have a business the next day? And if your answer is no, yeah. you've got some work to do. You know what I mean? So anyway. Big yikes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do your market research. Figure out how you fill gaps. Figure out what your differentiating factors are. Figure out why people are buying from you. Like, what is it that people are choosing to buy your candles over the other candles on the internet? Why your specific brand? What's the message around that? Like, when I go to light your candle, what's what are you trying to invoke? Share that story through your content, through your website, through what you're putting out into the world. So those are just like a few few things that I would recommend any entrepreneur do, no matter what type of business or industry you're in. For sure. And because like you were saying, if you don't have the branding and you're dumping all this money into marketing, you're reaching maybe if you're lucky, like thousands of people that are going to click on your website and it's going to be like, womp, womp, like, and they're going to click out two seconds later and not stay hooked. So it's like, there's literally no point in marketing if you don't have something that's even going to appeal to anybody. 100%. Um, as far as marketing is concerned, I would love your, I know the landscape has like changed so much. So this is applicable to your Airbnb people. This is applicable to product-based service-based, uh, because it's so tempting, right? Instagram ads, Facebook ads, TikTok ads now, uh, Pinterest ads. Is that, do you find organic, if you have the branding, your organic reach is going to get those places anyway? Or do you think there's any type of paid ads that are worth having? I I have an opinion on it, but I also just like don't know anything about anything. Yeah. (laughs) No, you do, Christina. You totally do. Give yourself credit. But- I do have a strong opinion on this. However, I'll caveat this. So what I will tell you is that over the last, since 2020 to present day, you know, July, 2023, I have spent for the Weber Co. I've spent maybe $5,000 on ads. And I don't think I ever saw that in the return that I spent on ads. And we've done almost a million dollars in sales since the end of 2019. So to give you context, all of that has been organic marketing up up to this point with the exception of $5,000, which I don't think I ever saw a return on. So in my opinion, it really comes down to your brand and the marketing efforts you're making, but those marketing efforts do have to go beyond content. If you're a business owner listening to this and you're posting on social media and you're expecting the sales to roll in, that's not the world that we live in. It's not. It used to be like that, that used to be the case. And people would just buy, 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 buy based off of Instagram. It's too saturated now. Every industry is too saturated and especially dependent upon what you're selling. People are not just like seeing you one time on social media and going, yeah, I need that. Unless there's some, right. again, level of trust and branding and all the things that have gone into it. Right. Um, so yes, I do feel like, you know, marketing has shifted, especially in the last, I'm going to say roughly 12 months, the way that we marketed our businesses in 2020 and 2021 is not what was working the same way at the end of 2022 and even in 2023. So we have to get more creative. We have to make sure that we have control over our marketing and not just leaving it up to social media platforms to do the work for us. We have to have an integrated marketing approach. So it's not just about like being present on Instagram and having your email list. It's like, how do you have a really well-rounded multi-layered approach in some way? Mm -hmm. Um, and if you choose to run paid ads, 
I have seen them work and I've seen them work well. And I do think that they work. And I think that they work well if you have a niche. I think that they work really well if you are talking to a very targeted audience. So I will be, I do plan to run ads for the Weber Co. 2.0, speaking mm-hmm. specifically to this short-term rental industry. And again, I think this goes back to knowing your audience. I know that when investors buy a property, they want to move and they want to get it on Airbnb quickly, which means that they're ready to make a decision before really for the most part before they probably even find me because if they don't know how to design their property, they know that that's going to be a need, right? Period. So again, it's about knowing your target audience. It's about making sure that your organic marketing is working for you in a way that it's attracting the right people to you. Because again, if you go to run ads and you go to run ads to your warm audience, like most likely I'm not going to be running ads for the Weber Co. 2.0 to my warm audience because I need to build mm-hmm. a new audience that's specific to short-term rentals. So again, you've attracted somebody who's not your ideal client and they're not the people that are buying from you and you're running ads to them, your ads are not going to work, period. So yeah. it's, it, is, it, it is a happy combination. I think if you're choosing to run paid ads, your organic marketing still has to be doing the work and um, paid ads can work, especially if you have a solid niche. So that's my opinion. I don't personally love ads, but it's fine. But in your case, I'm just like thinking from as like an outside person. And I think one of the things that we're exhausted from seeing is make $10,000 a month from home, like work from home or make money from doing nothing type thing. Mm -hmm. But, um, which is like a very applicable language that could be used for short-term rentals. But if you're like committing to niching down to the people that already have these houses and maybe aren't seeing the returns they want and they see something on their Facebook that's like, hey, your short-term rental isn't making you money, it's going to be like immediate click. immediate. Of course I'm going to – because like how many times have we seen like, yeah, of course I want to make $50,000 this month like doing nothing. Um, And going back to me saying like I don't know anything about anything, but – I am the biggest fan of, and I've not done paid ads and I've been back and forth about it, but Pinterest, I am obsessed Mm -hmm. with. Pinterest is like a game to me because you can get in there, you can see your analytics, you can see what's working and like one pin catches fire and that fire goes straight to your website Yep, if you've linked it properly. Yep. And so it's like, you can see, right? Like, oh, this type of pin is getting a little more traction. So then you just make a few more pins that look like that. Like they're, I don't even know the stats of how many people are on Pinterest, but um, I feel like I would do Pinterest ads over Facebook ads, Uh at least from my audience. I don't know. Do you utilize Pinterest at all like that? I don't right now, Christina, but I absolutely will be using Pinterest with this new direction because- for a handful of reasons. Number one, I, I heard somebody recently say like, who even uses Pinterest anymore? And I'm like, who are you? Because obviously you don't. Everybody, Pinterest everybody is the best. Pinterest. <laughs> My husband uses Pinterest. Like everyone uses Same. So does Jordan. He has like a slow cooker page. Yes, yes, yes. So people are on Pinterest. But what I love about it is that content on that platform 
lives on for so long. Like the lifespan it's, of, it, yes. of content there it's is not 24 hours. Yeah, it's so long. Yeah, on Instagram. And it so gets short. better as time goes yes, on. It does. Not like it had its it had its minute and like it didn't catch it, so now it's gone. Yeah. yeah. Yep. 100%. So, you know, and I also I like Pinterest because it's not like there I feel like on Instagram and on TikTok there's this whole like virality push. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I get it. But it is not just about creating viral content. Like, it's about creating content it's that exhausting. connects, period, right? Yeah. So on Pinterest, I love it because people are, A, they're leveraging their blog. So they're using SEO anyway to just further enhance yes. and then bring traffic directly to their website, which you own. And if you have your business and your marketing structured in the way that you should, then you have an email list where you're capturing emails. So now people who are coming to your Pinterest, who are clicking on a pin through to your website, you can capture their emails so easily, which is why I love it. Yes. And it's a search engine. It is. Like I, I only, when I switched over from having the bakery to working e-commerce, like different jobs and e-commerce for myself, did I realize search engines are just the most beautiful thing Uh because if you do it right then you go you can go like viral in a sense but it's for people that are actually looking for you yeah um and to the airbnb thing i think i saw somewhere because like i get in on the back end of analytics on pinterest i think home decor is like the number one thing on pinterest so it's you're you're, it's already in your favor so it's already gonna work. I just I just know it. It's gonna be great. It is, it is working. It's already working for you. Um I feel like there's so many good little golden nuggets in this. Uh, but before we like wrap everything up, my favorite question to ask people, aside from the coffee question, um, my favorite question is asking people what their biggest, boldest dream is. For themselves right now and I don't like to put constraints on this question it can be personal life it can be business it can be something that feels like it's not even possible um but I feel like there's such a power in declaring something to the universe and putting it out there and it sounds like you you know you're trusting that it it has you like that too um, and it doesn't have to be big or grand, but it can be. Uh-huh. What does that look like for you? I would say right now I have this vision of being able to buy a camper for our family and oh, yes. being able to have basically whether, I don't know if it's summers or if it's all year, but we take our kiddos and we travel around the United States and you know, one thing I was thinking about with this whole like design side of what I'm going to do for short-term rentals is if we have enough clients, Colin can come and quit his job and he can put furniture together and we can stage together. And now it's like becomes this whole, it's like becomes this whole empire for our family. That gives us the freedom to be able to have a lake house somewhere or have a house in the mountains because that's our dream. And be able to have a camper where we can travel around and we are much, I want to say more connected as a family because I feel like right now we are, we are definitely in a hustle phase within our family. And like, it's 
crazy yeah. and it's not necessarily where I envisioned us being right now, but it's where we've landed. So it's okay. But when our kiddos are a little bit older, like three and five, I want to be able to go and do all the things with them. And I want them to have different experiences than just mm-hmm. like mom and dad go to work and we go to school and we see each other on the weekends or or in the evenings or whatever. I want to like go and adventure and create really incredible memories as a family for an extended period of time, not just like one week out of the year when we get vacation, time, yes. you know? So that's, that's my vision right now. And also it's just like, it's about simplifying for me. You know, I, Christian would give me six months ago and I probably would not have shown up to a podcast like without makeup on and just with my hat and you know, whatever. But yes. now I'm like, welcome to the dark side. <laughs> I just am craving simplicity. I love being outside. I'm like, if I could live outside, I probably would. And that is such a different person than the person that started a fashion blog back in 2016. So it's just, it's really funny how we change and grow and evolve and how our um, dreams are different based on the different seasons of life that we're in. But yeah, I would say right now I have this camper vision. I have visions of us just having abundance of finances to be able to go and do the things and get Colin out of his job if that's what he chooses we'll see how that goes for me um but to at least have extended periods of time where we can travel together as a family so oh I love that I'm gonna end with like two things that I have to say about that one I also love that for your kids because I swear so it was a summer trip so every summer my family ever since literally like I popped out of the womb, we went, we've gone to the same beach in North Carolina. I'm literally flying there tomorrow. Um, and there is like a piece of that place ingrained in my soul Mm -hmm. that like, I can't explain it, but it just feels magical. And then we went on another trip and we never, ever, ever did trips like this. Like we literally always only went to the beach. And then like one summer I was like 12 or 13, my parents decided to rent a giant bus and with my family and my cousin's family and like my aunt and uncle, and we rented a giant bus and we started in Denver and drove like all the way up to the Dakotas and like through Montana and down to the Grand Canyon and I also like that is where my body and my soul wants to land and live. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm so grateful that my parents were like willing to do these things with us outside of like, yeah, my dad was like always working so much, but I really think there's something so magical for kids to get to experience that. Yeah. Um, and so that I love that for you and them. Uh-huh. Yep. And the RV thing. Okay, I just have to say this before we get off, and not to put another idea in your head, but I was Jordan and I were like looking at possibly. Well, we are. We're taking a trip uh, next summer. Well, we have it planned right now, uh, and it's at like a de- what you would call a destination Airbnb in Montana. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll have to send it to you. Oh, it's you amazing. Do just so you can see it. And they've kind of cultivated, I think what you're thinking about cultivating and they just opened a second location, but anyways, people book there to stay yeah. there. Um, but we were also like throwing around the idea of an RV. And so I was looking at them and people 
freaking rent out their own RVs for people to rent, like to take on a trip somewhere for the weekend. But they were all, they were like, I think 200 or 250 bucks a night, but they were all abysmal and ugly and disgusting. And I also am now imagining you with like a fleet of just like impeccable RVs that like, okay, you don't, you want to go on a road trip, but like, you're going to do it our uh-huh. way. Like, uh-huh. yep. I could totally see you doing that too. I've totally thought about doing a like campground situation with different themed campers or like airstreams or something. Oh my God. That's literally, I'm literally seeing each of your houses having like a coordinated uh-huh. RV. Like you like the vibe of this house, but like, don't worry, we have more RV that too. <laughs> oh, the possibilities are endless. I just need endless amounts of funds and somewhere they're going to come. It's going to be great. I know. That's the hard part. And I think uh, for people listening, it's really easy to be like, oh my God, how are they doing this? Like, and sometimes, honestly, it does look like running up a credit card sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I've been there. Yep. Hello. Um, but, and then like working around, working backwards mm-hmm. and, but that have, having the willingness to pull out a loan or a credit card, that is like the unwavering trust in yourself where you're like, it's going to be fine. Yep. 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 Oh, it's so funny I'm that not- you bring this up, Christina, because I literally two days ago went to the bank and I was like, I need a small business loan to be able to like ease into this transition and run ads and like do the things and like pay off the small amount of debt that I feel like I have compared to other businesses, but whatever, it's fine. Yeah. But you know, I was thinking about it and for the last few years, we've worked so hard to be debt free and all the things. And like we've paid off cars and we've paid off student loans and we've done all the things, but I'm like, you know, I took out loans as an 18 year old to go to school, having no idea if I was going to be able to pay them back or whatever. It's like the same with our businesses. Sometimes we have to be able to borrow funds to be able to fund our dreams. And if you believe in it enough and you have a solid plan, it's not, it's not going to be difficult for you to pay it back. So sometimes you just got to go for it. But I love that you brought that up because so many people don't talk about that side of business. And I'm like, there yeah. are a so many business owners that are so much further in debt than you'd even realize. So many business owners oh, that yeah. have invested hundreds of thousands of hundreds dollars. of thousands hundreds of thousands. So many business owners that um have leveraged cards in order to be able to fund their businesses and whatnot. And so you know, don't feel. I'm not saying like if you're irresponsible with money and you're like I'm just going to spend credit cards. Not encouraging it, yeah. but. Like don't put yourself in bankruptcy by any means, but like be smart about it. But also know that if you need to be able to do that, to go do like make your dreams a reality and impact lives then like go figure it out. Yes. I, yeah, I started Orchid and Ash. I had zero dollars, zero, because I was in a lawsuit from my previous business that they stopped paying me. And I was like, I'm going to start this business, but like how? I was like, all right, I'm going to run up a credit card and I'm going to buy blankets and I'm going to buy all this stuff and I'm going to sell it. Um, But you have to know at what point you have to know yourself, right? And if you are super responsible and you can run up a credit card and know you'll be able to pay it back, then I say go for it. I'm like, I'm the wild child. Yeah, same. Who cares? Same. Like money isn't real. Like it's great, but it's like, it's, 
there's so much stigma against like a credit card or debt or all this stuff. But like you, they talk about it on Shark Tank all the time. Mm -hmm. Like there's ways that you can make it work for you that will make it better in the end. But you have to know yourself and when you have to cut yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You also have to know like in your life, like Colin and I are very simple people. We don't go out to eat every weekend. We go out to eat maybe once a month and that's like a big maybe, right? We don't go and do all like a bunch of events. We don't travel a bunch right now because of the stage that the kiddos are in. So, you know, our personal spending looks different. Now we do have daycare. So again, like you just, you have to be Mm -hmm. mindful of what lifestyle you're trying to maintain while also growing a business and figure out where you're willing to sacrifice a little bit for the time being in order to be able to get to that other side. So there's that piece too. Yeah. Trust yourself, Trust but don't be crazy. Right. <laughs> know yourself. Yeah. Trust yourself, but know yourself. Yes. Yes. Um, okay. If you if you have no control, don't pull out the credit For card. Sure. For sure. Do not. Please. Um, okay. So if anybody listening wants to work with you, wants to follow along, um, where can they find you? Yes. Please come hang out with me at the Weber Co. I, yes, am pivoting into the short-term rental space, but I've already had several clients be like, so are you going to like still work with me or what's that going to look like? So, you know, if you are working on branding and marketing for your small business, please reach out. I'm obviously absolutely happy to help in a one-on-one capacity. So I will still be taking on those clients. I just won't be hourly marketing that anymore. Yeah. Amazing. So that's at the Weberco yep. on, on Instagram. Instagram. And then do you have a website for the Airbnbs? And stuff oh yeah. Oh my gosh. I or... Yes. I haven't had a podcast episode yet since we had all of these new things. So let us know. So um, come hang out at the Weberco. Come also hang out at Hosted by the Webers. So that is our. That's where you're going to find our Airbnb. That's where you're going to find. Um, we we do co-hosting as well. So we have one other property right now. Our goal is to have multiple properties that we're doing co-hosting for. Um, so that's where you can come hang out with us there. Colin and I run that one together and we're also going to have a podcast and it's going to be great. Yes. I can't wait. Uh, I'm so excited for this. I'm like literally lit up about this for you. It feels really good. So, um, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you so much for waiting the extra five minutes for me to get my life together. And, um, I can't wait to watch your journey unfold because it's unfolding. Christina. I appreciate you. This was a great conversation. Yes, it was. Thank you.